Hey there, welcome to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. I'm Camille, and this is the podcast for women that want to create a dream kitchen without stress and costing a fortune. If you like no fluff, tell it like it is remodeling advice from a cabinet maker with over 30 years experience, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. I bet you guys want to know what the number one question is that I get inside of a design session with me. So I thought I would share it today. Uh, welcome in all of you that are new listeners. Uh, thanks to the lovely ladies that signed up for my most recent group. I have been loving getting to know each and every one of you. We're having so much fun designing your kitchens. And also those of you that are VIP, like one-on-one people. I love working with you. It's so much fun. So thanks for trusting me on this journey of helping you, one, decide if you're ready for a kitchen model, and number two, move forward. Um, So this question is the number one question I think I get every single time I start to work with somebody. And it is when I ask them, like, what's on your dream list? You know, what do you want in your dream kitchen? Almost to a T, every single one of them, at some point in the first five minutes, it says, I don't want anything on my countertops, right? I don't want any appliances on my countertops in my new kitchen. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about my thoughts. Obviously, you guys know I have opinions about just about everything. So I'm going to talk about a few things that I think about with appliances, appliance garages specifically, which is like cabinets made for appliances, the best ways that I have seen to store uh, from small to medium to large to lightweight to heavy uh, appliances, and basically like all of my thoughts, all the feelings around countertops and how to keep your space neat and tidy and easy to clean up and sort of beautiful to look at. So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? And I'm going to try to kind of keep it short and sweet, um, but give you some ideas and things to think about. And then don't forget a little bit of housekeeping. I'm super excited. We have our live call-in show that starts in February. So I hope you ladies are super excited. I'm really excited. Um, I'd love it if even, you know, alumni of the program joined us and talked about their pro- their, their uh, work with me and maybe their new kitchen, how much they're loving it. Uh, new people can jump in. If you have questions, you can jump in. Uh, and it's basically a live radio call-in show, first and third Sunday of every single month at 9 o'clock in the morning Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to be live inside of a Zoom room. I'm going to be live um, streaming, and I'm going to have my cell phone. So you can call me and or text me a question that you have, and I'm going to answer it live in real time. So it's going to be really fun. It's a fun new format. Uh, I'm nervous. You're probably nervous, but I think it's going to be great to get the message out about women and empowering them with their kitchen model and just being not embarrassed to ask questions. There is no stupid question you can ask for sure. Uh, We will answer each and every one of them. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to connecting with you guys in this new way and spreading our message of joy (laughs) across the uh, United States about kitchens and kitchen design for like regular women, right? So, um, and I think it makes it more accessible to all kinds of women who maybe feel a little bit left out of the conversation. So please join us in whatever way you can. Uh, we are officially, uh, you know, launching it February 14th, uh, Valentine's day, which is one of my favorite holidays, Valentine's day and Thanksgiving are my two favorite holidays, by the way. So, um, we're going to show a little bit of kitchen love, right? Uh, on Valentine's day, you're going to be able to start submitting questions, through a form that we're going to have on the website. We're going to have it on our Instagram account. 
Um, but of course, you can always just send them in however way you can, right? Uh, so that's on February 14th. Um, and then the actual first live show is the 19th, I believe. It's the first Sunday after that. So I'm really excited and psyched to uh, connect with you all in the new year, right? New you, new kitchen. Uh, and uh, last year was kind of all over the place. So I'm really hoping this year we can really make some real progress on a lot of these things. So, okay. So back to appliances, right? So for me, um, when a woman says she doesn't want any appliances on her countertop, uh, I, I know intuitively because she's looking at the existing kitchen that she has that she really hates. And, you know, 85, 95% of those kitchens do not have adequate storage already, meaning the cabinets themselves, the base cabinets, right? The cabinets below the countertop are cabinets that just have doors on them. They do not have drawers. And if they do have drawers, they're not adequate drawers. Remember, I talk a lot about this all the time, that all cabinets are not the same. Cabinets that are produced by us are not the same as cabinets produced by Lowe's and Home Depot and a lot of other sort of um, imported brands, a lot of other more traditional uh, cabinet companies. They have not changed their cabinet sizes. So when I mention drawers, I don't mean just any drawers. I mean my drawers, okay, that are extra deep and are made specifically to hold specific kinds of items. And more importantly, they are made literally to hold appliances. So when I hear you say that you don't have, you know, that you want to put all your appliances away, you don't want to see them all, that's because you don't have adequate storage below. Okay, so that's the first thing I want you to understand. So once you fix that problem, once you actually can put away like the small to medium appliances, that, believe it or not, solves 80% of the problem. You don't actually need an expensive appliance garage, okay? So I just want to make that super clear. that That's like my first solution is adequately designed base cabinets, which include drawers that have heavy enough hardware to actually hold the weight, 100, 150 pound weighted, soft closing, full extension. I personally only use Blum, B-L-U-M, is the only hardware I will ever use in a kitchen. I don't care if it's $50 worth of cabinets, or $100,000 worth of cabinets, I will only use Blum hardware. And that is because it solves 90% of the problems. It is such a simple solution if you know what you're looking for. And um, these are not knockoffs of it. They're not alternative brands to it. They don't do the job as well. Okay, it's one specific thing that really solves it for me. So, um, and then, so in addition to the hardware itself, it's the actual depth of the drawers themselves. And I spent many, many years playing with different drawer box heights, right? The depth that you're going to set something into. And I spent a lot of years, probably six, seven, eight years trying different manipulations of that until I came up with my own specific sizing that works for 90% of the people, maybe 98% of the people. So the sizes that I specify in my cabinets, the heights are very, very specific. And it's mostly because I know it will hold a full stack of plates, heavy stack of plates. It will hold all your small and medium appliances, including some of your very large appliances. So it basically solves so many of the problems in a simple solution that you're already spending money on, right? You're already going to order base cabinets because you have to have base cabinets hold the countertop up. So it's like a twofer, right? It's a twofer. One in, 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 
creates incredible functionality in general in all your drawers with everything else you're storing. But it also, I know you only need like one drawer box, one, maybe one and a half drawer boxes to, to store all of your appliances. So I'm going to post some pictures in the blog post that goes along with this episode so that you can actually see what's in my kitchen. And I have, you know, a standard amount. I cook every day, almost every day. I have a mixer. I have a hand mixer. I have a, uh, whatever that wand blender is that makes soup. I've got spice grinders. I've got, um, a, a, a little, um, oh my gosh, those it's losing. I'm losing my head right now. I've got my favorite. Um, oh my God. The thing that I steam that I roast in all the time, I've got little croissettes, I've got casserole dishes, I've got um, an ice cream maker, I've got a crock pot, I've got a rice maker, I've got a popcorn maker, I've got a um, tagine, that's the word I was looking for, a tagine, which I absolutely love. I've got a steamer to make little, um, you know, those little like wonton things, right? So I've got a steamer. Um, I mean, I've got all the same stuff you guys do. Okay. I have a KitchenAid mixer. I have a Vita mixer. I have a regular blender. What else do I have? I'm sure I have more than that. And almost all of that stuff fits in just one drawer, right? The correct drawer. So I just want to make sure that, you know, you understand that that's solution number one for me is that the base cabinets are adequately designed, you've done an assessment, you know what you have for appliances so that they fit in those. And then I generally put them in the middle drawer. I like the middle drawer because then I don't even have to barely bend over to reach for these things, right? Um, So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that once you do that, you really should only have on the countertop the one or two things you're using every single day. Now, I know some of you are like, no, I don't want anything on my countertop. And so now I'm going to go into sort of the good and the bad of what happens when you take everything off of your countertop. And this might be a little bit of tough love. It might be a little bit that you don't want to hear this. But I again, mine is based on love. It's based on watching you guys use your kitchens. It's based on watch how myself use my own kitchen. So I know what's realistic. And I'm never going to just suggest something for you that you're, it's not going to work past three days, right? Or a week, right? We're talking like long-term. Are you going to be able to actually be doing the same behavior in three weeks, in a month? Are your kids going to do this behavior? Because if they're not, it's just another irritation that you've built into your kitchen, right? It might technically look prettier for a while, but so you've kind of solved one problem, but you've created another problem because now it's super irritating to use that appliance, right? Which means you're going to end up not using the appliance garage because you're going to get tired of having to take it in and out all the time. So let me walk you through the kind of two to three things that I do think should remain on the countertop and why. And I'm going to talk through a couple of suggestions that I think do work if you just literally are that person that wants to have nothing on your countertop and you want to put them inside of something so you don't visually see them and you understand the extra effort it's going to take to actually use that item, but you still want it. I'm going to tell you the one or two cabinets that I actually think does the job the best with the least of of amount of irritation. Okay. And then I'm going to share an example of what I think is absolutely ridiculous that I would never, ever recommend. Okay. So Number one is, remember, your countertops are meant to be used, okay? A countertop is as important as a steering wheel in a car, 
right? You would never go to someone to go to a, like an auto dealership and say, Hey, I want to buy a brand new car. I'm going to spend all this money on it. You know, 40,000, 50,000, $60,000 car, more, whatever. And you're like, but I don't want to have a steering wheel or I don't want to have handles on the outside of the car. I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? That's how I look at when someone says they don't want anything on their countertop. The countertop is literally there to be used to set things on. That is the purpose of the countertop, okay? So if it's visually that you don't want to see it every day, I understand. And so what I do is I tuck those one or two things that are bigger and heavier that are not worth taking in and out every day. Uh, I tuck those back in corners so I can just pull the thing out very easily. I, I hide them behind a maybe a refrigerator corner or back in a corner where it meets like like on the left of the stove, right of the stove but not in my way. So I can still use the front of the countertop. So that's visually design wise. If I just don't want to see it when I first walk in, that's the simplest solution for something you're going to use a lot. And the things that get used a lot are your KitchenAid mixer, because it's very heavy and it's very difficult to pull in and out all the time. So a simple trick for that is to get a piece of felt from your local, you know, sewing store, craft store, uh, Michael's, whatever, and glue with rubber cement, the underside, cut it to the shape of the base of your KitchenAid mixer, and then either double side sticky tape it or rubber cement glue it or somehow get it to attach to the bottom. It will, you will not be able to see it. It'll be very, it'll closely follow that kind of weird oval shape that the base is on, but the felt will be on the underside. So when you get your brand new quartz countertops, right? Or your granite, you will be able to simply pull that, that thing in and out, right? And slide it on the felt. And it works really, really well. Um, those mixtures are heavy and they have those like rubber feet. So they're very difficult. They're like sticky. They're hard to move. So that's the simple solution for how to put that thing somewhere. Now, this is assuming you're going to leave it on the countertop somewhere. Okay, then you have your coffee mixer, your coffees, okay? Coffees, again, are things you're using every single day, and they create steam above them, typically. So you can't put them under something, typically, because they have steam coming out the top, like a lot of them do, okay? I know there's going to be some of you saying, mine does not, right? That's great, but I also know most women's do have steam coming out. In some level, they have heat or pressure or steam. So you can't have them inside of an enclosed space because you'll get evaporation inside your cabinet and it might call bu cause buckling on the finish. Um, if you, if it doesn't have steam, again, I would still have that in some corner on a little coffee side area, someplace where you can walk up to it easily. And again, it's meant to be used. That's the whole point of it, right? Um, okay. And then the third one is your Vitamixer. So between the KitchenAid and the Vitamixer, these are typically the absolute tallest appliance you're going to use. Um, and the Vitamixer is actually taller than a typical KitchenAid mixer, stand mixer. So um, the Vitamixer, I have a good little solution coming up for you. Um, I personally have mine in my middle drawer. I have the base. I don't use mine every single day. Now, if I used it as my nutritionist would probably tell me to use every single day. I personally have a hard time making smoothies. Okay. I just do. I can't do them consistently. And so if I have two a week, that's really doing well by me. So I have my base unit, which is about five and a half inches tall, maybe six inches tall, with just a simple cord. I pull that in and out. It's right in front of the location. The drawer is right underneath, right where I'm going to use it, right where the plug is. I pull that out and I have the, the part, the, the, 
blender part, the cup part that sits on top, right? That's just loose. So I just pull that off. I wash it. It gets put away in that drawer and I pull the base out every couple times a week, put the top part on, mix my thing, put the other, put the top part in the dishwasher, put the base in the drawer. That's what I do. It takes all of five minutes, maybe less than 10 minutes, a couple of days out of the week, right? Now, a lot of you all are mixing every single day. You're mixing in the morning, you're mixing in the evening. And so for you guys, I would recommend you leave it on the countertop and find a space close enough to water where you don't visually see it, but is near a plug, near the refrigerator-ish because you're pulling stuff out of the fridge. Like really think through how you're going to actually use that and what you're what you're putting in there, right? Is it only dry goods and it's only coming from the pantry? Is it dry goods plus a milk that's coming from the fridge? Like just take two seconds and think about how and when and the frequency of how you're actually using it. And if you're using it every day, I highly recommend you leave it on the countertop. And it's those one or two things that are still out. And because the point is to use your kitchen, right? The point is to use your kitchen and enjoy it, okay? Not have this picture perfect thing, right? That's like no way to live. Um, Okay, so those are your three three things. Your Vitamixer, your KitchenAid stand mixer, and your coffee. For me, these are the three things that should stay somewhere on your countertop, if possible. The fourth thing is your toaster, okay, your little small toaster. And again, a toaster has heat and steam and it has crumbs coming out of the bottom, okay? So for me, I keep my toaster on the countertop. I have it back in a corner and I have, um, I decided to go with Smeg and so I bought a white one that looks really pretty. So it looks really cute and it's out because we and me, my husband, uses that all the time. Bagels, toast, um, croissants, all kinds of things, right? If, however, you were not using your toaster very much, I might put that toaster in the middle drawer, right? It's my middle drawers are deep enough to hold your toaster, okay? Just know, just know that toasters have a bunch of crumbs associated with them. And you're going to have to like wait for the heat and the steam to go down so it's cool enough to unplug it, clean it out a bit, shake it off a bit, put it in a drawer. So if you're okay with those levels of steps, just know that you can solve that very easily with a drawer. And for me, what I would have my ladies do is put it in like a little cookie sheet pan. So you put a thin, small, uh, inexpensive cookie sheet pan in that drawer, right? So when you just toss your your toaster in there, that absorbs the heat and it collects all the little crumbs. So you don't have to be careful every day. And then maybe every couple months you shake that, you, you know, you just dump out the crumbs into your garbage can. Okay. Easy peasy. All right. So now let's move up to what do you do? What do, what do I think your solutions are if you absolutely have to have an appliance cabinet? Okay. So what I don't like are appliance cabinets where you pull up on something and you have to lift things up like your KitchenAid mixer. Those things do not work at all. They're incredibly expensive. They have these huge Uh, very strong springs that hold the weight of a KitchenAid mixer, which is incredibly heavy, as you know. Um, The issue is that the platform, one, it takes an entire base cabinet, which is a huge waste of space for that, unless you're only doing it once in a while. But even then, I don't like it because what ends up happening is, as a cabinet maker, all we do is we're attaching those big, huge springs to a little platform and we make like a basically a piece of wood and we screw those springs, these very huge, large like mechanism to the side of a piece of wood with a little handle. 
and the handle has a little release and it pulls the release and it releases the springs and it slides back down into the base cabinet, right? And then you have to lift it all the way back up. The issue is for me is that that, that little platform that it's sitting on, that the KitchenAid is sitting on, um, when it's out in front of your countertop, it's not on your countertop, it's in front of your countertop. So it blocks traffic. Okay. So if you're mixing some pasta or something or, or bread, it's blocking that walkway. Number two, my biggest thing that I don't like about it is that I don't know about you, but when I make bread or anything in my KitchenAid mixer, it goes freaking everywhere, right? No matter how careful I am, if I'm making frosting or cookies or bread or anything, whipped cream, it seems like you're dumping in eggs, you're dumping in milk, you're dumping in vanilla, flour, right? God forbid you dump in the flour as carefully as you can. What happens, right? You turn on the mixer, it puffs the flour, it comes up and out the liquid, right? It's spitting little bits of it. Well, imagine this is now over your floor. So now what ends up, what I see women do is when that flour goes on top of the cat, that little platform. So now you have to lift your, to clean up, you have to lift your KitchenAid back up off of that platform to clean the platform. So now you're already picking up your KitchenAid mixer, right? Which is awkward to wipe off the platform. It goes all over the springs. It falls all over the floor. So now you have flour, water, milk, frosting, chocolate chips. Think of everything you can imagine that is normally would just land on your countertop when you use your kitchen mixer is now on your floor. So then the next thing women do is they get a towel. They put the towel down underneath the platform to catch all the stuff from the KitchenAid mixer. So it's just incredibly inconvenient. It's just a fancy, it's like a, it's like a corner things, those corner pullouts that don't work at all. They're incredibly expensive. And all you have to do is just have decent drawers in your cabinets, right? It's like solving one problem to, to create another bigger problem. It's not a solution. It's expensive. It wastes space and it doesn't even really do the job because now you mix your cookies. You have to pull the kitchen mixer off, set it on your countertop, clean the platform, clean your floor or wipe up your towel, dust around it, clean the springs, and then push that thing down back in the cabinet, right? It's just a huge waste of time versus pulling out your mixer, mixing your stuff, sliding your mixer back, using your sponge and wiping your stuff into the sink, right? In, In like minutes, right? So the only solution that I do like to this, okay, is for the um, Vitamixer and not for the KitchenAid still because KitchenAids, remember they, when they process stuff, that whipping paddle, it flicks stuff out and over the sides, right? Especially flour. Um, So I still would not use this for a KitchenAid mixer, but I would use this solution for a Vitamix. And that's because the Vitamix one has a lid and it's kind of narrow and tall. So when you dump your milk in, you dump your fruit in, you dump your banana peel, banana in, your avocado, whatever, it sits in the bottom of that vessel and then you put your lid on and so stuff's not squirting out and flying out, right, when you use a Vitamixer. So the base stays clean, the bottom and around the, the unit stays clean. So here's my solution, which... Gwyneth Paltrow pretty much stole from me. Um, So if you, uh, I've been doing this for years. And so what this is, is if you have a space to have doors, a cabinet with doors, when you open the doors, this could be a single door or double doors. So you might have some small appliances on the left on shelves that you can easily reach at waist height, not down below. Okay. That you can see easily. 
On the right side, you can have a platform that you has a little, like a little handle if you can put your, your hand into, and you can pull this out directly, just straight out, and your Vitamix stays plugged in in the back, so it's got an expandable electrical cord, but not too long, right, because cords get caught up. It's just long enough that you can pull the Vitamix out to you, so you open the door, you pull the Vitamix out, it's close enough that you can easily get to the refrigerator, to the pantry, so that again, you're not having to spend a lot of effort. I would not put this cabinet way on the other side of the room, on the other side of an island, because now you're having to walk all the way around your island to get to your Vitamix in the morning, all the way back to your refrigerator, your pantry, right? Like really think critically where this actual cabinet is. It needs to be within a couple feet of where you're going to actually mix, right? And don't worry, I'll have a link to a video showing this. So you pull this little platform out. It can be quite narrow because a Vitamixer is only about seven inches, six or seven inches wide. So you can do like a little 10 inch platform, which I love, and maybe a little bit wider. So if you want to set like a jug of milk on it or your protein powder, right, you have a place to kind of work and you just dump your stuff in, you put your lid on, you mix up your thing, right? You pull the lid off and you pour it into your glass, right? You push your little platform back the motor stays on the platform. There's no cleanup, minimal cleanup, because the Vitamixer doesn't create a lot of mess, right? If as long as you can get your stuff neatly into the container, right? The mixing container and you shut your door. So it's a really easy solution for something that you're doing, um, you know, fairly frequently, as long as that cabinet is not in a ridiculous location, like 20 feet away, around on the backside of an island, like way across the room. It's going to get irritating to do that two, three times a day, right? So that's my solution to the Vitamix if you really want it inside of an appliance cabinet. So that's what I call an appliance garage. Um, I know there's multiple versions of this. You can have appliances in a walk-in pantry. Again, when I actually watch people do this on a daily basis, it becomes incredibly inconvenient. You're walking 14 feet away, 20 feet away to walk into a room, to grab a little teeny mixer, to walk all the way back into your kitchen, to get your spices, to get your whatever. Um, I have a new recipe coming up, which is flank steak and chimichurri sauce. It's fantastic. And so, you know, to mix that, I use my little um, tiny little Cuisinart, the one that's just like, gin, 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 gin. and I'm mixing up like some cilantro, olive oil, garlic, a um, little bit of rice vinegar, a little bit of honey or sugar, um, some, some hot pepper flakes, right? That little teeny gadget is like four by four inches, maybe four inches tall, right? I don't want to have to walk all the way 20 feet across the room to get this little mixer to walk all the way back to mix my thing, to get the ingredients, mix my thing, take the top part off, put it in the dishwasher, walk all the way back over to put the little bottom unit in. That gets really irritating, okay? So yes, it seems great like on paper. It looks great on an Instagram picture. It looks great when you follow somebody that you're following, right? But it's not very practical for regular women who don't have a chef, a nanny, whatever, right? It's built just to look good. My solution to that is put that little guy, that little gadget right in a medium drawer that easily you can grab it in two seconds and it's super simple to put away. And the drawer holds the weight of all those appliances, right? So um, so that's my thoughts on appliance garages. So 
to recap, I think some appliances should remain on your countertop because countertops are what? Made to be used. The number one reason you don't like things on your countertop is because right now you have everything on your countertop. But once 90% of that stuff is put away and you can easily just sweep and clean with your sponge stuff into your sink or into a garbage can, and it's easy to clean your kitchen, you're no longer going to care about two to three things that you use a lot on your countertop. If they're put in a good location that strategically you're not like really seeing at first glance, right? That solves 90% of it. Number two, those three to four things are your Vitamixer, your coffee mixer, coffee pot, whatever coffee machine, and your KitchenAid stand mixer. And then number four would be a toaster. Those three things, four things are what I personally think should be on the kitchen, depending on how often you use them. And then this upgraded version of that is a cabinet that has doors on it, that does not have pull-out drawers. It has shelves that are the right adjustable height for one side, where you have your smaller things, maybe a microwave, and then those smaller gadgets. And on the right side or left side, depending on which side, you might have a pull-out machine that holds the base unit of something that doesn't require cleanup. So for me, that might be a Vitamixer. Even coffee pots, right? Think about a coffee machine. Watch your husband get his coffee every single morning. Watch your kids try to make a latte and watch the mess that happens around that coffee machine. So imagine you're going to be cleaning the base of that. It's going to fall behind the shelf. It's going to fall on the electrical cords, right? It's going to get in the grooves of the pullout. So just visually think about around the thing that you're trying to store and remember heat steam, uh, pressure, if there's pressure involved in making the thing, and crumbs. And visualize a month of that, three months of that, a year of that, and having to constantly walk all the way over there to clean that thing that could just be very easily cleaned on your countertop in a lot less time. So those are my thoughts on that. So lastly, before I leave you guys, I want to talk about one of the worst solutions I've ever seen to this, which again, is doesn't surprise me, is an influencer. Um, with too much money than sense, which I'm sure she's lovely, but this is not what I consider a good solution to good kitchen design. Um, this is what happens when you have tons and tons of money and it's not very well thought out for me. Uh, this is, um, a very famous account that you guys all follow. I'm sure called Chris loves Julia. I get lots and lots of pictures submitted of people in my group who want something copied from a lot of the things that they do. This is one of my number one pet peeves that I see all the time. Their solution to a uh, appliance garage, or what they consider good use of storage, is she created a very, very expensive bookcase uh, that holds it's an enormous wall of books, of cookbooks, um, takes up a huge amount of space, looks great. I mean, I, it's, it's overwhelming a kitchen for me, but uh, what she did do on top of that being an incredibly expensive cabinet to build, it's an entire wall of cabinets for cookbooks, she put in a very expensive rolling ladder that not only is that thing very expensive to put in, they're about 15 grand to put in. On top of that, the angle of the ladder sticks out into the room about four and a half feet. So it completely compromises the walkway. Most of you do not have a walkway big enough to add another four and a half feet uh, behind the island. And then on top of that, you have to walk up the the ladder at an angle, at a pitch, holding on to a popcorn maker, a rice machine, um, a crock pot, a uh, soda maker up onto this ladder, 
to door cabinets, right? Cabinets with doors on them. You have to open and then try to very carefully hold on to this heavy thing and put it, and you're up about eight feet above the ground at this point, right? Nine feet above the ground. And then put that appliance into that door and then shut the door and then walk back down, you know, hold yourself back on the ladder as you climb back down the ladder. That is not what I consider at all a good use of appliance storage. Not even close. Not even stuff you use rarely, okay? That is such a ridiculous way to store stuff. There are so many better ways to store those items. Not only are every single one of those items fittable in the drawers that I have, um, it's just I would never climb a ladder holding onto my rice cooker with one hand or my popcorn machine or my crock pot, climb a ladder with one hand up eight, nine feet in the air and then have to open a door with my other hand and put my appliance in and then shut the door and then climb back down. That is just ridiculous. So I will link to this, um, their blog post where they consider this a great improved way of storing items. I don't know what designer they had, but that would never fly with me. Uh, I would strongly, strongly stalk you out of that. And uh, that's like going the opposite direction of being functional. So I'm going to leave you with that. I hope this was helpful. Uh, At the very least, you're going to disagree with me and maybe do something in your own kitchen, but at least you've heard my opinions around it, what I think are the simpler solutions to that. And um, I really, you know, look forward to talking to you guys soon. All right. Have a great day. Great kitchen design and incredible functionality should not cost an arm and a leg. That's why I created Kitchen Remodel Rockstar, a membership group exclusive for women that's affordable, honest, and direct. For just $97 a month, we help you explore all those choices running around in your head, like how big is a granite slab? And which color should I pick? Is porcelain better than stainless steel? And what will it cost? Should I buy a farmhouse sink in single or double bowl? Or maybe what type of cabinets should I buy? Should I buy custom? Should I do a reface? I'm really lost, right? And finally, how do I even figure out the ideal cabinet layout? Well, that and so much more is what we cover inside of KRR. It's like kitchen therapy, because let's face it, planning a kitchen remodel is stressful. So many decisions to make, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's where I come in. Look, my program has helped over 10,000 women across the country create their own kitchen system that blends high-end functionality with gorgeous design without overdrafting your checking account. So jump on in today and let's see how we can help you get your dream kitchen for less stress and money. Just like Jessica, quote, I can't believe how much I learned already. This was worth the cost and it's been two days. I am so excited to start exploring countertop options now. My anxiety is completely gone. Thank you. Thank you for this group. So, hey, I really want to add your story one day and I hope you join because this is a safe and affordable place for women just like you to explore what they want to create in their dream kitchen and get straightforward answers in real time. Just think for $97, There's no more waiting or wondering if you're making the right decision. Now you will feel confident in every single choice and know that you have created the best dream kitchen you can for you. I hope to see you inside the club today. Go over to krr.com to sign up. That's kitchenremodelrockstar.com today.